Welcome to the fucking show. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Only Bruins. I am your host, Downtown Boosie, and we finally have an episode to talk about where we don't... Well, we have more than one game to talk about. Let's let's put it that way. Granted, I didn't see many of them because the stupid West Coast trip, but we'll get into that shortly. No, mi amigo, Brett, today. I don't know Spanish. I hope I... I, That means my friend, I think. Uh, no Brett today. He's dealing with some family stuff, but we got we got the host, Chris Davis, from Drop the Mitts joining me, and uh, he is a partner of Primetime Productions as well. I should have shouted that out at the beginning, but go check out Primetime Productions, baby, and go check out Drop the Mitts. What's going on, Davis? What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, happy to be here. I think this is the first time we've actually gotten to link up on either of our pods so I'm, I'm definitely fired up about it yeah i, I was i was a little little, little rattled compared to well last week i went solo then i usually have my co-host so my intro was a little sloppy but we'll we'll end strong we'll okay. we'll, we'll end strong yeah <laughs> but um yeah no man i appreciate you joining me kind of last minute uh and i i figured i mean it's about time that we uh talk some bruins hockey together anyways yeah, for sure. But yeah, for for you folks who don't who aren't familiar with Chris Davis, uh, he he hosts Drop Drop the Mitts podcast. Uh, he gets a lot of great interviews. He's had some had some big names on there. Uh, if if you're not on Twitter, or whatever, uh, make sure you go uh, check out Drop the Mitts uh, podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. He gets a lot of great guests. I think. Um, Who'd you have on recently? Who, 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 yeah, we had on uh, Johnny Lazarus. Uh, yes, that's right. Yep, Rangers guy. Yep. So we and uh, I know you awesome dude. Yeah, and I know you had uh, some big prospects on some Bruins prospects, and then you also had the Empty Netter boys. So if you guys enjoy interviews and stuff like that, he crushes it over there. So go check out Drop the Mitts Hockey. But let's get into this Bruins talk. We had a West Coast trip. And it went extremely well, of course. The Bruins, as you're listening, are undefeated, 6-0. and Hopefully I didn't jinx that as the Bruins play in about two and a half hours. But the Bruins are 6-0. and They sweep on the West Coast trip. I guess really the only test was against the Kings, and they ended, They came out victorious uh, 4-2. And, I mean, what more can you say about this Bruins team right now? A lot happened on this West – a lot of – Good stuff happened on this West Coast tour. Uh, my two big, my two biggest takeaways is the goaltending, strong, still strong, the best duo in hockey, and 
Matty Patra. I mean, that guy, he didn't have, what was it, against the Ducks? He didn't have the best game. I think it was, no, um, Sharks, right? Yeah, against the Sharks, I believe it was. And he didn't have the best game against the Sharks, responded well against the Kings, and obviously the Ducks, where he got two goals against the Ducks. But that that's my biggest takeaway from this West Coast tour is just, I mean, they find a way to score. It's not going to be like last year, but... It's they're gonna find a way to score from what you see here. Like, I mean, Thursday when we recorded, it was three to two Bruins win against the Predators and three to one, four to two, three to one, three to nothing. You're gonna see a lot of games like that. And I don't know what camp you're in, Chris, but I you're keeping both goaltenders for the whole season, right? Yeah, without a doubt, dude. There's there's no way, there's no way at this point. I mean, if we were talking this offseason, if they felt like they were in a good position where they were getting enough back. From for Linus Allmark, but at this point in the year, there's no way you trade them. It was the same point yeah. as last year, you know. Like this offseason, you're coming off a devastating first round exit. Like I don't know what the offers look like. I'm sure there were some on the table, but ultimately, I think they made the right move keeping both. And yeah, we saw some fucking horrible takes, right? Like especially <laughs> at the beginning of the year with with how good both of them have been, the numbers they're putting up. There's not a fucking there's not a chance that they trade either of them. No, no, not like I feel like of all seasons, this is the one season where you really can't afford to trade away uh, one of the goaltenders just because you're going to rely probably this season out of the most more heavily on the goaltending duo and the luxury you have of having two of the best goaltenders in the league. And you can see that Swayman's he's he's ready to take that next step and be that guy. I mean, you saw Allmark kind of steal the show last year. Um Swayman came back from an injury last year and was a little bit shaky and he was a little bit shaky before that injury too. And then he ended the season strong and you can tell he, he, I mean, he's also playing for a contract too. He, he wants, he wants to be that guy. And I, I still can't believe, I mean, we're yes. Do we need a top six winger? Yes. But I like what geeky has done so far. It's not the sexiest name up there, but I mean, I had some, there were some people on Twitter this past week at, after this kind of start that Allmark's had, like, oh, I'm definitely trading Allmark for a top six winger. It's like, no, you, you can't, you, I, you don't know if, you don't know if Swayman's capable of a run like that just yet. And he's, I mean, what's the most he's played in the season? I, I, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head, but I don't think he's, I don't think, has he played 40 games in the season yet? I'd have to go double check. 40 last year I, I i'm almost certain of it although i i'd have to check on it but you know you mentioned yeah the, the start that these two are having and I, there's not a world where i can imagine that jim montgomery is going to make the make the same mistake he made last year right okay so last year he appeared in 37 games the year before he appeared in 41 so yeah so 41 i he started 39 and then appeared in 41 so, I mean, he's really only scheduled to appear in 39, I guess you can say. But, um, yeah, I, I just I feel like that's a lot of pressure to put on a young guy, 24 years old. Uh, he'll turn 25 next month. And I just I think that's just too much pressure. And Busty's numbers haven't been the best down in Providence either. Uh, he had a great camp, but everyone's ready to hand him like this throne and saying he's like the next coming of Jeremy Swayman. I, I just, 
I don't I don't really see it with Bussy. I think he'll be a fine NHL uh backup one day. I, I think he's capable of being a starter, but it could be something similar like you've seen with Dan Vladar after he left the Bruins, right? We were he was he had phenomenal numbers down in Providence. He he looked good for us when he got the call up. And then you kind of just saw him disappear when he went to Calgary. And then he just he's been fine there, but he hasn't had the numbers obviously Swayman and Allmark have had. Uh, also, Bussy's a little bit of an older guy. He's a, he's so how many how many years does he truly have of being able to keep up in the NHL when he's struggling right now in Providence? I think he'll turn it around. I have confidence that he'll turn it around. But I mean, you're gonna have to ride. You build it from the back out, right? You, you're gonna have to ride this duo all season long. Yeah, yeah, and to that to that point exactly. It's like the, there's no way in hell, dude, that you know, say we get into the playoffs as like a four, five, six seed, whatever. Jim Montgomery isn't going to make the same mistake that he made last year. No, he's going to ride two goalies in the playoffs. That was their Achilles heel last. I mean, obviously we had a couple of crucial injuries that happened. Yeah. There's no fucking way in hell that Jim Montgomery again, rides with one goaltender the entire playoffs and then has Swayman come in cold. Right. Yeah. And we obviously saw again. that. You know, and I, there's no way that he makes that same mistake. You know, you, your bread and butter all year was riding two goalies. They were both phenomenal. They both had career years. And, you know, come playoff time, they have to do the same. They have to They have to ride with what works, you know? Exactly. Just ride with what got you there. I guess they'll have a true test Saturday night against the Red Wings. People are bitching about their schedule already, but what do you, what do you want them to do? I mean, they play who's on the schedule. The people aren't really taking the Bruins at six no too serious, but I mean, I, I do want to see them be a little bit be- battle tested. But I I think they've responded. I mean, they went into Anaheim on a back to back on a West Coast trip, and they came out on top, courtesy of basically Matty Patra, who's been a pleasant surprise. He's really, I mean, he gets better every frigging game, and it's going to be a showdown come this Saturday night against the Red Wings at home, but. For now, you got the Ducks tonight at home. They're a best team. Uh, I I I like the move of Potra since we last recorded the move of Potra playing on the in the top six. I guess you can say that second line, whatever. I don't think it's truly a one first and second line anymore. I just think it's like a top six and bottom six, right? And ever since Coyle's moved back down to the third line and Potra's moved up. He 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 had one game where he was a little bit shaky, but he's responded really well. He's he makes some great plays, dude. Like, I it feels like he, he can do no wrong. Yeah, his hockey IQ is out of this world, and unreal. Everyone's already ready to say he's the next Patrice Bergeron. I mean, yeah, has he has he shown flashes? Absolutely. I mean, that was a awesome goal he had. What was it against the um against the Blackhawks the other night? And I, that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk. You know, prior to this, people were saying that Matty Potra was struggling, right? He was. He did a lot of things when he didn't have the puck that that were noticeable to me. I mean, the plays that he was making in the defensive yep. zone, it seemed like he was always in the right place to make plays, right? And I think he finally got rewarded on that play with Corey Perry, right? And mm-hmm. Corey Perry looked like a fucking joke trying to try uh, trying to catch him, dude. Shit was so funny to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, he made a great play to, you know, get the puck away from Perry and then 
you saw him turn on the burners and, and he finished. And I think you're going to see more and more plays like that. He knows where to be in the defensive zone. And yeah, and, and he can finish too. Like, again, yeah, it's it's very early. Um, and, and the Bedard, the Bedard uh, comparisons and saying that Potro <laughs> yeah. are kind of crazy, but I understand the hype. Um, it's yeah. exciting to see, especially for, you know, Bruins fans. It's awesome to see, um, especially because you mentioned it earlier. We got, we, we're still getting written off, right? Even being a 6-0 and team, you know, no one's really taking this yeah. team seriously. I, I mean, if we're being perfectly honest with each other, I don't think either of us anticipated them being 6-0 and on this date right now as we record. But no. I, I didn't I didn't see them as a 500 team. I didn't see them. I, I, I could see four and two, five and one, anything less than that. I couldn't see just based off the strength of their schedule, but also just who's left on the team. I mean, yeah, Shat and Kirk and Lindholm haven't looked the best on the back end. Neither has forward, but you still have that stallion McAvoy. You have two of the best goaltenders in the league right now. You, you have guys who can make and Shat and Kirk's gone better throughout the season. And, He's he's been great. He's been a great addition to the second power play unit because he he somehow gets shots through and he he helped set up Zach on a beautiful tip for his first goal of the season. But I mean, it's just like, and and Carlos obviously been solid, steady Eddie back there as he nor as he typically is. But I mean. It's just it, it's it's encouraging to see because you lost your top two centermen. How are they going to respond? You're putting your trust in a guy like Matty Patra to basically anchor that top six with Zaka. And that that's a lot to ask of a 19-year-old. And it's it's just nice because when was the last time we had a prospect like this that kind of came into the league? I mean, I guess you could – I mean, DeBrusque, I guess you could say, but even go, dating back to maybe Sagan. But Sagan was, I mean, he was the second overall pick, but yeah. – it's it's also nice to see a change of pace with this Bruins team where you know usually they they slow down the game themselves they they decide the pace of play but then you got guys like Matty Patra and uh Johnny Beecher who are just I mean fuck are they fast oh my God. we haven't seen a we haven't seen guys that fast on our team since probably Daniel Paye back in the day and he was just he was straight ahead speed and I see a lot of Paye and Campbell and Beecher. And I've been kind of beating this drum for a little bit. Like I always kind of projected to Beecher to be like the next Paye Bruins Paye basically. And he's kind of proving my point. Right. I, I think he's done a tremendous job anchoring that fourth line. Um, I think he really feeds well off Lauku and, and a guy like Lucic. Lucic is weak right now, courtesy of that scumbag forward, but we can get into that later. But I mean, there's 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 so much to be ha- happy about with this team right now. I yeah, and I, and honestly, dude, to go back to your point of you know talking about Matty Patra is I think the I give a lot of credit to you know Coach Jim Montgomery and the, and kind of easing him into things. Right, he started off on that third line. Right, we knew he was capable of playing a top you know a top six role, but I th- I really liked the uh, I guess game plan of kind of kind of easing him in. Right. Now we're starting to see yeah. we're going to see him in the top six, and 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 me personally, I think you're going to start seeing him on that top power play here soon, right? I think I think yeah. we've seen a, a real absence of how much they really do miss Patrice Bergeron in that bumper role, right? 
There were multiple times, you know, there were multiple times where, you know, Marshy or or Poss or whatever is looking in that bumper spot for a right-handed shot and it's Saka, right? You could tell the puck goes out of the zone. They're they're used to a right-handed shot being there. Bergie was there for fucking 19 years. So I think I think it would be a good spot, you know, as he gets more comfortable, you know, learning the game and and you know getting used to the speed of the uh, of the NHL. I think you you'll see him in that bumper spot here soon, and that's just going to elevate his numbers, elevate his game, and like again, bumping Zaka down to your second power play. I mean, that's not a fucking demotion by any means. Like no, it, not at all. Strengthen your your second unit, like mm-hmm. and that's it's going to make him them even more lethal. And and you also, I mean, you need to see you you need to see a change of pace or or some kind of change with the power play unit because it's been nothing sexy at all or anything like it, there's nothing. I guess there's nothing good to say about that if we're gonna nitpick here and bitch about something that's going wrong for the Bruins. I guess it's. The power play unit, the penalty kill unit's been tremendous. The power play, well, and their trouble of being able to stay out of the box, that's a little bit worrisome. But early on in the season, I, I also thought that, what game was it? It was the game I was at. Uh, I I, sh- I meant to talk about it last on last week's episode. What was that Saturday game I friggin' went to? Where, they, where it was like refs galore. Was it the Predators? Yeah, the Predators game. What the fuck was? Oh, okay, yes, that Predators game, man. The refs just completely took over that game and made it about themselves. I'm starting to confuse myself with this, with the schedule now. But um, a lot of re- shitty refing, a uh, sh- lot of shitty fucking calls lately, especially, dude. Especially during that yeah, it's, it's, frenzy, it was such a joke. But that's a whole nother. It's yeah, it's it's been <laughs> it's been pretty bad. I it's. It's a little frustrating to see because sometimes you just want it just let the boys play. I mean, it, it I don't know, man, I, for er, that early on in the season, just like don't let the boy like a lot. Of, I mean, the one the call, the brew that Felino drew the other night that wasn't tripped. That was embellishment, but he got the call. It's just li- little things like that. Um, I'm trying to look real quick. So our PK percentage is at ninety six percent. So I mean, we've killed all but one, basically. That's got to be top. Uh, power, our power play. I mean, I got to go down to nineteenth in the league at thirteen point six percent. So if if we're gonna bitch about something, it's got to be about the power play, and there's there's got to be a little bit of change of pace there. I understand the hesitant, hesitancy to put Patra up on that first power play unit because he's a young buck. Can he handle the minutes and? I mean, you you already have to worry if he can handle an 82-game season plus playoffs. So those are valid question marks there. You don't want to give him too much too fast. But like you said, I, I like how Monty's kind of easing him into things. He is giving him power play time, which I love. He's actually been fairly decent in the dot too, which is encouraging to see. And I'd imagine he's only going to get better. Right. Unlike that scumbag Bedard. But... <laughs> being a draw yeah uh but yeah it's the game the west coast tour went the west coast trip went really well 
very encouraging. I did not see a lot of Bruins hockey just because shit hours. I mean, why make a Saturday night game at 1030? I get it. It's a Saturday night, but what the fuck are you doing? Uh, the San Jose Sharks game, you kind of figured they were going to mop the floor with them. I, just terrible team. Their, their future's bright, but terrible team. They got a they got Will Smith coming up probably after this year, and he he'll he'll start lighting it up. They'll get another top draft back in, and then the Ducks. That was a gritty win. I mean, what's also encouraging too is just seeing how well Marshan's playing this season too. That was my biggest question mark going into the season. And I shouldn't say question mark, but I, I did have my doubts. I did have my worries because I mean he's getting older. Uh, did he just really come back too fast from the from the hip surgery, or or what was it with him? And it turned out he just probably came back too fast, and it took him a little bit longer than anticipated to come back at one hundred percent. The grit, nice thing is he wasn't in pain last year; he's not in pain this year, and it seems like he just has his game back in. He's he's really riding that line perfectly this year between just little things, just little rat things that you typically see him do. And, and, uh, and just also being a leader. I mean, you've seen both games against the Blackhawks. He's just fucking with Bedard and Bedard is no idea. He, he doesn't even want to do anything because he's scared. He, he knows it's Brad Marchand. So, smoke. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's nice to see him back at a hundred percent because you were going to need him to be at 100% if you had any hopes of being a decent team this year and you've seen a lot of strong play a lot of strong plays out of a lot of guys so far this season i guess i mean another pleasant surprise if we're just going to freaking give stick taps to everyone all around here is your boy JVR man what an addition dude his all his fucking garbage goals he's going to get 30 garbage goals this year and i and i'm going to love all 30 of them oh uh, yeah that's like that's his game and and i think that's why you're starting to see um you know the emergence of him is they're not asking him to be too much they're not they're not making him play freaking crazy minutes like he was in philly he was on the top line in philly dude it's like you know coming here to boston it's like they're not asking him to do too much he's going to be he's going to be in front of the net on the power play and you know he's going to play third line minutes and that's about it like and he he's thriving yeah no he he is and I uh, I wasn't sure what I thought of it when they moved him down to the third line. I I wasn't. I'm like, man, that's a big line, but that's a little bit slow. I want to see a little bit more speed mixed in with Coil and Frederick. But turns out that line just fucking works, man. Like it just works. I don't, I don't know what they do, how they do it, but man, it just works. That that size. That I, I would say they all have a good hockey iq there too like they the chemistry is just instantly there i mean when you have when you have a third line of guys who are all over like six three plus like i mean that's that's a tough line to push around how many third lines do you see like that or they even get paired up with some of the top lines and you know a lot of a lot of these teams you've played so far with their top lines have undersized guys zegris bedard uh whoever the fuck san jose has the kings i mean (laughs) I mean, the Kings have some size too, but like Forsberg with Forsberg with the uh, Predators, like they, there's not a lot of teams with size that can match that match that line size for size, and 
they get paired up against these top lines to kind of shut them down time to time as well. I mean, Coyle's your PK guy. Frederick's done a great job this season. You're really seeing him start to make a name for himself there. And uh, he's had two nice goals that fucking fight, dude. Holy, And I know that's probably going to be featured on this week's podcast for you. But holy shit, man. Did you get a chance to listen to the uh, Behind the Beat? Like when he was mic'd up. Yes, yes. He just, he just looks at England, not even English, dude. Sounds like Kevin Malone. He just goes, You go me. And it's dude, like, dude, he's, he's like such a, I was like, This dude, <laughs> zero fuck. I, I thought I had fucking something cooked up when I saw that because I'm like, Wait, he's a fucking Yellowstone fan. And then I'm trying to find cl- clips of Rip saying, If you want to go somebody, you go me. And I'm like, oh, he says it a little bit differently, but maybe he, is, he maybe he is just a Yellowstone fan and saw that. But if I'm thinking if I'm thinking of a different clip from Rip and Yellowstone, tag me in and sh- share it to me because uh, I swear, like that was a line out of Rip's book right there. And holy fuck, man! I mean, he just like that uppercut. Holy shit! But England know- looked like such an asshole there. But you know, it was it was a good old fashioned tilt. It was good. I think the refs, and again, we talked about how shitty the refs have been, and I think that's actually a. This is a specific play that I can kind of applaud them. Ooh, are you? Are you? Okay, sorry. Go on. Where it was like kind of premeditated and and whatever, and the refs could have easily stepped in and like didn't not let him go because it was premeditated. Yeah, uh, but you know, I they let him go, and and yeah, Freddie tossed some fucking bombs, dude. Um, well, during, I thought you were. Sorry, go on. You know, the jersey went over England's head, and then that's when they kind of stepped in. But overall, dude, yeah, Freddie's a fucking maniac, dude. See, that's that's where I'm like, all right, you guys, I get it. The jersey was over his head, but you should have let him go, like, just an extra, like, five seconds. Or or at least see if England could have got out of it. Yeah, see if you can, like, knock him out or something, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus, if he landed one more uppercut, holy shit. But, I mean, England's no small boy, 6'3". Uh, I think was Frederick six three as well, right? Yeah, Freddie's six Freddy's three. Three, but if you if you go back, like it, it's the way six. that they started the clip, it looked like England was looking at someone on the defense, and you can't really tell who he's looking at. Yes, I'm yeah, kind of trying to get his attention, right? And then all of a sudden, Freddie <laughs> notices he's he's like, "No, you go me." It's like. You know, I, I love that shit, dude. Because, like, you know, like, it didn't look like he was talking to Coyle. It didn't look like he was trying to talk to JVR. It was someone on the defense. So I'd have to go back and look and see who it was. Yeah, if only they expanded that clip a little bit more where they didn't zoom in as much. I was curious to see who he was actually trying to chirp at. It could have been a guy like, I mean. Maybe maybe Carlo, who, you know, he's had concussion issues in the past or whatever. And, or, and maybe they're trying to. Or or McAvoy, or maybe even Mitchell, like. Oh, don't get. I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm glad he got sent down. Holy shit! I mean, it really, it really could have been anyone. But. Uh yeah, it's. I mean, that's what you want to see out of. You want to see them be gritty. You're going to have a lot of gritty wins. I mean, when you got when you add guys like Geeky, who's on the team full time where he belongs, uh, you got guys like that who just play hard all the time they're not scared to get in your face i mean obviously you have you have marshand as well but i mean he's he's a little bit different of player compared to frederick and geeky and lauku and stuff like that but 
I don't know, man. There's there's a lot there's a lot to be happy about with this Bruins team right now. Uh, they need to figure it out on the power play because you're not going to win many games if it just keeps going to shit. Uh, you're you're going to need that. Obviously, the, I guess the the encouraging thing is is um, the five on five play. It, it's gotten better because last week I was ready to rip it and I kind of did rip it a little bit, but the five on five play got a little bit better. Uh, yeah, you know you're starting to see a lot more structure in the defensive zone, right? Not not as like fucking scattered and everyone kind of running around like chicken. Yeah. Off, I, th- I think the breakouts become like something a strong suit for the Bruins. I mean, I get, against the Sharks, they had one power play goal. Of course, is Pasternak, but I mean, you're seeing you're seeing more five on five goals. I mean, it was against the Predators that Saturday game that I that was the only game I had a chance to talk about on last week's episode, and uh, all their goals were power play or penalty shot. Then you go against the Sharks. It was all, and then they obviously just shut me up because it was all even strength, five on five. The Kings, I think we, what did I just say? We had one power play. Yeah, one power play goal. Uh, the Ducks, I kind of have to recap all this because, I, yeah, all, Jesus, all third period goals too, but five on all five on five. I think the I think they had a power play goal. No, they didn't. Yeah, it was all five on five. So, I mean, they're just kind of shutting me up right now. But again, the strength of the schedule right now is not the best. I mean, if, yeah. if, if you're going to, if you're going to talk about like, if you want to compare it to college hockey right now, and there's, they're sitting there six and oh, and there's other teams five and one, five, one and one, I think, cause I think that's what the Detroit's at. Yeah. They're at five, one and one. You got Toronto four and two um, other teams like right there, obviously, uh, Vegas and um, Colorado are still undefeated. So you're seeing it like if you're if they're going to get nationally ranked in the top 25, right? They're not going to be number one. I don't know if they would even be top five just because it's, they base it off the strength of schedule. Luckily, we don't have to worry about that. There's, I mean, the numbers don't lie. We got 12 points. We're one point ahead of Detroit with a game in hand. I mean. The numbers, the numbers do not lie at all. And the best thing to see out of this, in six games, the Bruins have let up seven points, uh, seven goals. Sorry, seven goals. Uh, plus twelve differential. I mean, holy shit! Yeah. Like- to go back to like your point about the power play, not to like get off tangent, but I think you're starting to notice that teams are not giving any of these guys any time or space. Not yeah. You're starting to notice they're playing within like a box, right? Where it's like wherever the puck's going, they're rushing one guy. They're not giving anyone a single chance to, you know, get going or make a play. And like we're so used to seeing that one timer from Pasta, right? Yeah. And these teams are like doing whatever they can to to not let that happen, forcing them, you know, to find other ways to get the puck to the net. Because I think with missing Bergeron and guys like that, right? That it's not as much of a dual threat anymore because last year you really had to worry about Bergeron on that bumper because he was, he's, I would say all the way up to last year, he's probably one of the best to do it. Probably the best in the league to do that bumper position on the power play. But then you got, you got Martian on the other side, which he's, he's done a phenomenal job in improving his one timer, but he's still, he's not getting those kind of looks. And I don't know. I don't know. There's, they need to find another way because 
once they do find another way, it'll start to open up a little bit more ice for Pasternak in that one T. I mean, granted, he's still having no problem scoring, but yeah, he doesn't. I, I, I get what you're saying though. They're they're just giving them no time in the in the ozone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really if they you know if these teams want to stop this power play, that's the way to do it. You can't give guys like Pass or Martian, you know, it used to be Bergeron, any time and space, right? Because they're gonna you know they're gonna beat you and they're making yeah. you pay for it. And I, I hope eventually we get to see you know we mentioned it earlier, you know, Patra playing on that bumper spot, you know, especially being a righty, like he has a hell of a shot. Right. And I don't think we've quite seen it yet. I don't yep. think in any of the pretty goals yet, but I think that's a spot that he really could thrive in, you know, and just his hockey IQ is just to put, bring that into play too. Right. On the power play would be unbelievable and start to hopefully open it up for pasta. I, I agree there. I, I think they're a little bit worrisome when it comes to having him yeah. there because one he's undersized two he's 19 years old i mean it's you can score all the goals you want juniors and dominate all you want but to, it's you know that's men yeah. versus this is that like you're playing boys you're playing men now like it it's a learning curve and the thing is yes we're six games into the season and it's been pretty sweet with patra up here i think you, you could really i think analytically there's only been one game when he's been bad but that's the thing. That's the risk you're going to have to take with this kind of year that you have. Um, you have to. It's it's going to be a learning curve for both ends. You got to deal with the struggles as long as along with the success that comes with it. There's there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, and hopefully hopefully I'm wrong about this. But I mean, I I think we're all just about certain that he's going to have some rough stretches this season, whether it's five on five or power play chances or what, but he, he's going to struggle at times. And that's one. And, and even, I mean, even a guy like Beecher, but he's not in the spotlight as much when he's just, all you have to do is create energy for that line and get a few points here and there. And you did your job. Um, but it's a guy like Patra. I mean, I'm waiting for him to have consecutive bad games for Twitter just to freak out. <laughs> Dude, like you know and to that point exactly like the the, the strength and just it, you know mental toughness that it takes right to get through an 82 game season they had uh jack hughes mic'd up last night in the uh new jersey and washington game and yeah. anson carter kind of told him he's like man you've looked faster than i've ever ever seen right was it something you did during the off season whatever and, you know, Hughes kind of responded like, you know, hey, we're six games in, you know, it's 82 game season, like a lot of hockey left. And so, like, again, I don't think people understand the grind of like 82 full games and then hopefully playoffs after that. Right. So, yeah, I'd be I'm curious to see because, yeah, it's going to be a fucking grind for this kid. He's, he is 19. He's still a kid. Um, he's going to have his ups and downs. It's just a matter of how he responds. Right. Yeah, that's that's what you want to see. I mean, you want to you want to see how he responds, and that that's really it. I mean, that's it. Once you accept that he's going to have bad games and have rough stretches, you want to see how he responds, just like you said, and like that that will kind of go to show what kind of future NHLer uh well he is an NHLer but what kind of future you have with him if he's capable of being a leader leading by example uh kind of like how Bergeron always did i mean man a few words 
but he always led by example. He always, I mean, I don't know, man. It, it's that's what I love about the kid. It, it seems like he's just never had a bad day, right? Even even his worst hockey games, it just seems like he's always smiling, just happy to be here. I mean, if if you put him to a lie detector test and asked him if he thought he was going to make the club out of camp, he's not saying yes, right? Yeah, dude. Like I and. In going to development camp, I, you know, I got the opportunity to talk to him and right. And he just, just one of the most, you mentioned never having a bad day. He, you know, he always had that stupid smile on his face. Like just even walking around the locker room, right. You'd see him talking yeah. to the guys and whatever, and just always having a smile on his face. And he was just so happy to be out there with, you know, with his teammates at, you know, at development camp. And I kind of knew, man, just watching that kid, like there, there was something special about him. Um, just the way that he thought the game and the way that he was, and that was at development camp with his own peers, you know, and obviously now he's playing at the NHL level and we're starting to see how good he actually is. And he's just always, always had a smile on his face and he just humble. And that's, that's what we'd like to see, you know, especially for Bruins hockey. No, exactly. It's, it's just, it's nice to see. Uh, Hopefully he's just not putting too much pressure on himself because I mean, you're playing with house money right now. I don't think – I mean, I think – I forget who said in um, some press conferences earlier before the season had started, just talking about being a being a playoff team. I forget who had mentioned him. Maybe one of the Jacobs, Charlie or – God damn it, who's the other one? Holy shit, the dad. Uh, what, what the fuck's his name? Fuck. <laughs> There's Charlie and – oh, my God. Daddy, Daddy Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. We'll just say we'll just say Daddy Jacobs. (laughs) But one of them said that Jeremy. Did you say Jeremy? Yes, Jeremy and Charlie. Eighty-three years old. God. God damn! Give it up, buddy. (laughs) Sell the team. Uh, But one of the, I think it was Charlie, maybe had been saying, "Uh, we we want to be a playoff team." When when was the last time you heard ownership speak like that, saying we want to be a playoff team? No, we want to be a team that contends for the Stanley Cup. So that that kind of goes to show that there there weren't a lot of high hopes in the front office and uh, upper management, whatever. So it's I think it's been a pleasant surprise to all teams. I mean, the problem is our first back to back losses are probably going to come way sooner than they did last year, and then that's when and they're probably going to be two ugly losses. I mean. I feel like tonight's game against the Ducks could be a trap game. You're riding high off that West Coast trip. You just got to play Bedard again and hear all about him. Yada, yada, yada. Um, now you're back home. How are you going to respond? How are you going to play? I mean, the the Ducks, I mean, they're kind of sick of getting embarrassed, right? Like, I, I think Zegras only has one point. Man, you can tell even he... Um... If you watched even him right throughout the game, you can just tell he's just fucking getting frustrated, man. Like I, I can't imagine how, how, how you know they they've been bad his entire career. Like at some point, yeah. He's like, and you can just tell the frustration on some of these guys. And um, yeah, they they play like a pesky game. And I don't, I haven't seen the lineup yet, but you're probably gonna see Leo Carlson back in the lineup um, as their one. Did we didn't see him when we played them Sunday, right? No, well, and, and that was the day that they announced that he was they were going to be controlling his minutes, right? Because he had that lower body, yeah. um, and we didn't get to see him, so it was a little bit different. The line, you know, all the centers kind of shifted, 
Um, yeah, so that's that's more talent that they add to the lineup tonight. But I mean, you got I mean, Vetrano's lighting it up there. I just I just have a weird feeling about tonight's game. I feel like it, it could be a trap game, but I don't know. Ho- hopefully, obviously, for God's sake, that I'm friggin' wrong about it because I, I would like to see them. Cause I I like to see them be seven and zero going in to Saturday night's game against Detroit being you know a tough game where Zabrink gets one of the best one of the best players in the league right now. Yeah, and they're just um, clicking on all cylinders right there. And you know you you mentioned the Saturday night game, man. Fucking Detroit's playing like a goon squad right now, and it'd be a really nice time to have Milan Lucic in the lineup and a Jacob Lauko for that matter. Um, and of course, we're missing both of them. Yeah, you know, and it's going to be a tough game, and locking it up any way they can. You know, you're seeing guys like Maurice Sider have a hair across his ass, you know, and he's he's yeah. pissed. Oh, yeah, you heard all the all that bullshit, man. He's a bust, you know, coming off a sophomore slump, and you can tell too, man. They're another team. They're fucking sick of losing. Yeah, and and here here's my thing with the Bruins too, because you're missing two key guys like that who can play physical, wear teams down. Um, you saw Heinen practicing on the fourth line today, so you're kind of hoping Brown got sent down yesterday, Wednesday, um, but got yes, obviously got called back up. Just paper transaction. You were, and then you saw Heinen practicing on that fourth line today, and it's like, okay, great. Heinen, Heinen signing incoming. It's it's gonna happen. That's that's not a bad replacement for the fourth line for the meantime because who knows when Lauko will be back. Obviously, probably sooner rather than Lucic as he's week to week. But uh, Jasper, 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 however you say his first name, Bovquist is got called up. He's gonna make his uh, debut tonight with the Boston Bruins. I'm imagining because you haven't seen anything in regards to Heinen. So it sounds like they just still can't make it work. They're just still waiting. So it's going to have to come, dude. Like I, I don't like to speculate like trades or anything, but I think it's the only way that it's going to work. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't, I think I can't imagine another way, especially if they're trying to do these paper transactions, that there's a way to make it work where they have enough money to break, you know, to give Heinen that contract. I have a feeling and obviously, I know nothing. I'm just like everyone else. But I, if I had, if I was a guessing man, one of these defensemen are going to have to go. Like, if they want to make this work, and yeah. I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to bring him in. And hopefully, I'm wrong about it because I, I wouldn't. The there's only one defenseman I'd be like completely okay with moving, and that's Forbert at this point. Yeah. I I'd hate for them to trade fucking Matt Grizzly, man. I've seen his name swirling around, and then that's I would hate if they moved the guy. I don't want to see Grizzly traded this year, but if I mean, it depends on for return. Because yeah, it's, it's exactly. A, if you have enough money to sign Danton Heinen, that no. But yeah, no. I like a useful asset back. Then that's that's yeah. a whole different story, right? Well, but, even yesterday, Butchergrass put out a tweet. Basically saying he's hearing that Lori is on his way up to Providence. That ended up obviously being wrong. Uh, as so far, I mean, yeah. things could change because I mean, right now you only have six defensemen. You don't have a spare defenseman right now. So maybe you see a paper transaction tomorrow. You see Lori possibly get called up. From what I've seen and heard, 
Uh, it doesn't seem like Lori has started too hot down in Providence, but it seems like he's starting to play better. So that's it's a tough position to play and just jump right into the league. I mean, he just left college last year. He he went he trans, he transitioned from forward to defense. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of learning curves with him. Uh, I was I was obviously excited to hear that because it's like, all right, well, get, give the kid a chance, put him with Shattenkirk, see what they can do. See, and I think I, it was, I think it was you actually that tweeted it yesterday. It's like well, that was that was fast. Like you know, it, it kind of sounded like at the yeah. beginning of the year when we saw that he didn't make the team that they were going to give him. Uh, in my mind, I thought like twenty games, right? Like let him kind of get his feet wet and whatever, and. If they do end up calling him up, it just goes to show, man, they are really thin on defense. Like they have they have tremendous depth, right? As far as like Lindholm, McAvoy, Carlo. But like as far as their like farm system in their in the AHL, like they are very slim. Like and, and it kind of goes to show that like this Zaboral experiment probably is over at this point, right? Yeah, it's that's that's what's unfortunate too, because I I wanted to see him. I I wanted to see it work with him. I I really did because I don't know. It's obviously former first round pick before that torn ACL. He started coming into his own and really developing really well, and he looked like he was gonna, you know, live up to that first round pick hype, and it, that just didn't be the case. That just didn't end up being the case. So. I don't know, man. It's it sucks, but you know I, that's, it, not it, say, that's not to say he doesn't go to another team, right? And it when it works out somewhere else, it just I just think at this point in time, there's been so many bumps in the road, right? That he just kind of needs a fresh start. Um, yeah, still young enough to where he, you know, he still has a chance to make something of himself, right? I just don't, I can't see, I don't see him being an uh, NHL defenseman for the Bruins. No, I, I don't see it either. Maybe the fit's somewhere else, but it just doesn't seem to be with the Bruins, especially with the rise of Lori. But, I mean, it, it, if you let Grizzly walk at the end of the year, you could be looking at the left side of Lindholm, Lori, and Zaboral, and that just that doesn't move the needle for me. I, I think you still need – I mean, yeah, you'll have Lindholm and McAvoy, but Lindholm – Hasn't looked too good so far this season. Hopefully that changes going in or as the league as the season progresses. But I don't know. It maybe still dealing with a minor injury. Some maybe it's just taking him a little bit long because it's it's a complete one eighty from what we saw last year. Right? He came out guns blazing. Holy shit! Fuck! He's I probably should have said for that. Norris Trophy, bro. There there were talks of him possibly you know being in the top voting for the Norris, and he still yeah. up you know getting a decent amount of votes. Like no, he, 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 he still, he, yeah, he, he still was pretty consistent last year. Obviously he came back from that injury, uh, and just looked like shit. Um, and he wasn't the best in the play. His playoff numbers are dog shit, but he's still, he's still a capable defender and he's still top three for you. I, I would put Carlo ahead of him as of right now. And so it's, I don't know, man, it, it will, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I lost my train of thought. There. A lot of cap next, you know, there's a whole the list of free agents that are going to be available. There are some solid defensemen available. Um, it, I'm curious to see what they end up doing. I mean, even even this coming draft is really loaded with you know defensive talent. So 
maybe they jump up and draft and take someone. Who knows, dude? But I agree. Possibly, but you don't even have a first round pick right now. And I don't know if you have that's exactly you have a second round pick right now. Or I don't do even think we have a second. Yeah, I don't think you're picking till the third. But and yeah, that that's my problem with getting rid of a guy like Grizzlick, right? It's like yeah, you better have a fucking plan. If you get rid of a a, a Matt Grizzlick, you better have a plan for not only this season, but like going forward too. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm worried about. It's like, yeah, we can make this move, right? Like we can open up cap space because there, there are te- absolutely teams that would love to have a Matt Grizzlick on their team. So yeah, we could make the deal, but if this deal is only being made so we can have Danton Heinen be a healthy scrap <laughs> when Milan Lucic and you know Lauko come back, that makes no yeah, sense. I, no, I don't. I don't see that happening. I'm just, I'm wondering how they're going to make the money work. Uh, that that's like. You know, and, and luckily, luckily they have one of the best in the business in Evan Gold. And, like, I mean, he's a fucking wizard when it comes to the cap. I just don't know in looking at, like, and again, just an ordinary dude looking at fucking cap friendly, whatever. Like, it just, I don't see how they make it work without making a move. The, the only way it can work is if you get rid of Connor Brown, send him down, and you swap contract for contract right now. Oh, did I say what? I wish we had Connor Brown. Yeah, that, I fucking keep doing that. I knew I knew I Patrick I Brown. Today, uh, Mel saw uh, Forbert and Patrick Brown at uh, the Encore with all. With oh the- yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw them. Um, uh, bet MGM's there, right? Or is it? Yeah. Oh no, WinBet. I saw them at the WinBet uh, sportsbook there. <laughs> fucking putting down a shit ton of money on the Anaheim Ducks tonight. Yeah, they told me. They, I don't know. I was talking to them and they said something about Ducks puck line. I couldn't really make out what they were saying, but. I don't know. Yeah. NHL no. should take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> no, they should. Just, just, just dive into it. Take a, take a little look. But um, all right. Well, so, well, we got a little bit more to talk about, but I'm about to piss my pants. So now's a good time to shoot it over to the man, the myth, the tripod, Bobby Brewski. He's got another phenomenal Bobby's Corner for you. Uh, he touches on a lot. It's a, li- it's a little bit longer than your typical Bobby's Corner. Um. This sick fuck got it to me at 4 a.m. I love that. I love Bobby. Uh, he he kind of just goes on a rant about the pride tape, which we'll actually touch on after Bobby's corner. Um, he He's ranting about the Jets issues again because obviously, you know, Beach is a Winnipeg. And he he, he just he, he he's fired up for this one. Don't get me wrong. It's, last week was probably his best Bobby's corner I've ever listened to. It was absolutely fucking electric. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. I think if if you compare Bobby's corner and you go listen to Spit and Chicklets when they talk about Winnipeg, I think they listened. It I I put a tweet out. Mike Grinelli put a tweet out saying something about what's going on in Winnipeg. Tell me what's going on. I commented saying, hey, check out Bobby's Corner. Bobby's Corner just went on a rampage on the podcast about this, yada, yada, yada. It it had a bookmark on it. It had a bookmark on the tweet. And then you go listen to it this week, and it's – Was it this week? Or was it this week or last week? Yeah, no, this week's obviously. And Yeah, well, yeah, their pod this week, yeah. And it's it's like word for word. You guys, you guys can be the judge. Go check it out if you want to compare that. Um, if you want to go back and listen to last week's episode, but it's it's 
it's something. And now I'm curious because he's going to touch on it again in Bobby's corner. And I'm curious to see if they touch on it again uh, next week when Spin Chicklets drops a new episode. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Bobby's corner. Station on front. Bad turnover. Bedard scores. A terrible. On further video review. From the beaches of Winnipeg. Under the palm trees of the West End, it's Bobby Bruce. What's going on, folks? And welcome to another edition of Bobby's Corner, proudly brought to you by Prime Time Productions and Only Bruins Podcast, baby. Little anthrax for you. Kick off your Friday. Kickstart y'all weekend, baby. How we feeling? What are you drinking? We did a poll. Did you vote on it? Did you vote on it? Huh? I, I asked you, what are you drinking this Friday morning after that San Jose late night game? I, I said, are you drinking Starbucks? Maybe you're drinking a pumpkin spice latte. Are you drinking the Dunks? Are you drinking some homemade shit? Or do you hit up a local joint's? Surprisingly enough, Starbucks, last place. What's up, Starbs? What's up, Seattle Coffee? What's up, Dr. Evil's Investment? No love from the Boston fans. So here on out, I'm not drinking Starbucks anymore. It's settled. If it's not good enough for you, it's not good enough for me, okay? I'm on a journey with caffeine, okay? I love coffee. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you follow me on all my socials. I... Love coffee. The brew and brewski could absolutely also represent brewing a cup of coffee. There are not a lot of things I love more than life besides sports and chilling with Barb and playing on stage and reading a good book and writing a good story and doing this with you or doing it with fucking Brett and Boosie. But besides all of those things that I love and all those things that I fucking absolutely are passionate about, Sitting down on a nice brisk morning having a cup of coffee while you listen to Nutshell by Alice in Chains from the MTV Unplugged record, that's a great fucking thing to do. You should try that sometime, okay? It's unbelievable. On the fucking note of just unbelievable and things you love, get your hands. Are you free? Get you free? Take your hand. Stop. Pull over right now. Hands off the wheel. Round of applause. And a big shout out. And maybe you're listening in the evening. Full send. Get yourself a Smirnoff ice or a beer. And absolutely send one out to my boy Boosie. Because he got married last weekend. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. You had your chance. And now it is gone. Congratulations to my fucking guy. Very, very, very excited for you and your wife. Very, very excited for your future and how the family is potentially going to extend. I, we That's been spoiled. The family is going to extend. That's a, what we've talked about on the pod. That's right. Boosie, I love you. I can't wait to open mouth kiss you in front of a bunch of people and congratulate you. So take the time to congratulate my fucking guy. I'm so jacked for Boosie. Barb, what do we talk about? 
I can't like we, I'm supposed to talk about hockey now. I just want to like absolutely pump Boosie's tires now. Boosie, great dude, great ally, and you know who else is a great ally? Travis Dermott of the Arizona Coyotes. Let's talk about this because there's a bit of irony in here. So, as you've known, the NHL banned uh, Pride Rainbow, the word gay essentially, from entering the locker rooms, entering anything that's to do with the NHL in the public eye. Travis Dermer was like, yeah, fuck that. And he put rainbow tape on his stick very subtly. <laughs> and the best part about it is that him and Dumba, because Dumba also chimed in a bit about it as well. He didn't put rainbow tape on his stick. At least I haven't seen them do that. But like I said, he used his voice. And it's just funny because the Arizona Coyotes, as you know, are Gary Bettman's baby. That's his project. We all have someone in our life who has something they just started and haven't finished. And it's embarrassing. You don't know how to break it to them. But we've broken it to Gary many times. Like, it hasn't worked in the desert so the fact that he had someone from his baby essentially give him the middle finger about his policy is just comedic gold. I mean, that's some Norm Macdonald shit. Like, I just, I don't know how to describe it. It's amazing. Hopefully, this includes the return of warm-up jerseys. Because I saw a few different teams... Seattle released their kind of their, their logos and their concepts for their themed jerseys, what they would have worn during warm-ups. Look sick. I know we hate them. I know they broke our heart because ESPN liked to remind us 7,000 fucking times when we weren't talking about Connor Bedard the other night, but the Florida Panthers, their pride jersey looks absolutely stunning. And it's like, hopefully we get that back. Hopefully we just kind of drift back into having those nights be something to look at. being Having those nights be something to celebrate. And not a headline from last year of teams who flat out refused to celebrate those nights. And decided to do it last minute after selling a bunch of tickets to people who came to celebrate Pride. Came to see their team represent Pride. I don't want to have to repeat that again. So hopefully this is a step into the better direction. Once again, if you're not down, fucking whatever. You want to listen to me? That's fine. You don't want to listen to me? It's not a fucking loss for me, okay? It's not a loss. Love wins. Love is love. And hockey is for everybody, okay? You don't fucking agree with that and you want to argue about it, my DMs are open. I don't fucking read them all the time. But for you, I will go out on my way to read it. Tell you that you are wrong. You're wrong. All right, here's a brand new segment. Proudly brought to you by the Ford F-150. It's Keeping Up With The Jets with Bobby Brewski. All right, so first off, shout out to the original Ford F-150 Final Five on Twitter. That's our girl, Sarah. Sarah, please post more photos of your dog. They're an absolute beaut, and I love seeing it. So Tuesday night, Sarah tagged me in a tweet that was a nice callback to last week's episode, a tweet that showed the outline of all of the attendances in the NHL that night. The Winnipeg Jets, of course, at the bottom once again, not only just at the bottom, but setting a new Jets 2.0 record with being the lowest ticket sales in this franchise's history. 
listen, we talked about where the fans could hold up last week. I want to follow up with this. This isn't good. Because, number one, I get it. St. Louis, not the most exciting team. They're a middling team that's stuck between retooling and full-on doing a rebuild. But hey, you are very kind to mention what that team did to us in 2019, and you seem to like them. So hey, why don't you do, do that team a favor and go cheer them off since you love them so fucking much. There was even some polka folk bullshit band, I don't know, ask Sam from Which Police Radio. He wrote the article. Some band that covered Gloria during that run. And their, uh, their reason to doing it was, well, St. Louis beat the Jets in the first round and they have the most Canadians on the team, so it makes the most logical sense to cheer for that team because we don't like Boston. I don't, I, I, I don't get cheering for the team that eliminated you, but that's a whole other discussion. Anyways, back to what we're talking about. Last spring, the Jets clinched the playoff spot, right? They get to the playoffs. They're playing the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round. And before the puck can even drop for game one, you got to think, Jets fans are pretty excited. Once you get in, anything's possible. I know it's cliche, but if you have Connor Hellebuck in your net, I promise you, anything is possible is an absolute crutch you can lean on. So the night before, True North Sports Entertainment, who owned the Winnipeg Jets, bought them for a couple hundred million from the Atlanta Thrashers, launched a season ticket campaign entitled Forever Winnipeg. It was a bleak campaign with questionable graphics and a not that's no diss to the graphic designer because you know for a fact they showed the mock of what they wanted to do and that's what the fucking team used. So I'm sorry the team fucked you. Here's the quote that tied this entire campaign together though. So long as fans are in Canada Life Center cheering on their team, the Winnipeg Jets will be in Winnipeg forever. It was a threatening quote. It came across as threatening. It sounded threatening. It read threatening because I'm circling back. It was an absolute threat. Here's where things get really interesting because there are a lot of jokes about this team going back to Atlanta. There is an ownership group that's very... Very interested in trying the NHL out for a third time. But they're only interested in expansion. They want the expand they want the Vegas Seattle treatment. They're not interested in a relocation project. You go to the West Coast. You've got Salt Lake City, Ryan Smith, who just happened to be on 32 Thoughts over the summer. Go listen to this interview. This is a really great insight and what owners think about, what owners want. He's in the same boat as Atlanta. He doesn't want a relocation team, which is entitled. He doesn't want Arizona Coyotes. Maybe he changed his mind for the Big Jets, but he's very adamant on getting the Vegas and Seattle treatment because he believes that the team and the city needs to be competitive. He thinks that the team deserves that. The city deserves that. The kicker with Salt Lake City is that they're hosting the 2028 Winter Olympics, which entices me that they need an arena that is Olympic stable and ready. And if they want the NHL to come, that has to have NHL standards. That means Salt Lake City's already investing into the idea of the NHL coming. Which has me leading with the fact that Salt Lake City might be a matter of when and not if the NHL is going to expand towards them. Atlanta, I'm still not too sure about. I know Gary wants to go back there, but Gary also 
still wants to stay in Arizona. And I apologize to the Arizona fan base. I'm sorry. I do hope they figure out an arena for you. Let's just, fuck, we've been there long enough. Try it one more time, right? Go a little longer. What's it gonna fucking hurt? Let the Toronto Maple Leaf fans build up the fucking escrow for you. Here's the thing about the Jets situation. The fan base and the ownership group, they have some time to figure this out. And they've got some help with it. Because they have some great players who've been shipped in through trades, who have a chance to really change the perspective of what the city is towards the league. I mean, you have Alex Ifalo, who came from the LA Kings. You have Nino Niederreiter, who came from Nashville. Those are two dudes who are very outspoken. We're very excited to come to Winnipeg and get a kind of a fresh start. Build off of that. You've got Connor. You've got Mark. They agreed to stay seven years. Build off that. You've got Kyle Connor and Josh Morrissey. Stars. Build off of them. Josh Morrissey should have been nominated for a Norris last year. Come at me. I dare you. Let's go. You got Cole Perfetti coming up on the wings. I mean, you have something here. But the fact of the matter is, is that you've got less time in front of you than you do behind you to figure it out. You can take this season. This is the problem. I'm, I'm willing to bet that the league's willing to give him this season. Let this season be your disaster, lull year in ticket sales. Lose all your money. But next season, you're going to have to make that up. The Jets, which is a shame because the whole league got out of this whole COVID debacle with debt. Now the Jets are about to do their own little version of that. The Jets fans aren't coming out. They're too busy cheering on the Blue Bombers. And I get it. Winning is fun. But let me tell you something. As someone who's cheered on a team and seen them win, when they win... You don't think about the run when that trophy's lifted up. You don't think about what happened in Game 3 prior to that trophy being lifted up. You most likely will think about when things were really shitty. When your team sucked. When you couldn't believe that this team would ever get anywhere near something like that. So be there. Cheer for your team. If you're not going to cheer for them when they're losing 4-2 against St. Louis on a Tuesday night in October, do not even dare say you were there the whole time when they're beating St. Louis in the third round to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm so sorry I didn't get around talking about too much bees today. I'm sure Brett and Boosie will fill you in on it. I just want to say, Johnny Beecher, go blue. Hope you know, hope you enjoyed that. Matthew Pertois, oh my god, oh my god, do yourself a favor, and either, if you haven't yet, listen to Two Pat Stack, because Asenberg's reaction to Patra's first two goals is fucking electric. Before I shoot it off back to the boys, I did want to do a fun closure, I, but I, you know, we have to take a minute. Listen, this kicked off as I started making notes and started going to record this, and I just want to say my heart goes out to everybody in Lewiston, Maine. If you have any friends or any family that are affected by this, just know that I love you. I'm here for you. My DMs are open. I'm a set of ears if you just need someone to rant to. I'm a set of eyes if you just need someone to text your rants to. I'm here for you. Remember, when it comes to the Bruins community, you're never alone. We're always here for each other. And it's an awful, just an awful tragedy. I don't I'll never understand gun violence. I don't, I don't want to get into the argument. I'll never understand it. I don't want to dip into that. I just want you to know that um, I fucking love you. I care about you. And I'm here for you.
And it's just, it's fucking awful. And um, yeah, so I just want to send out my love and care to everyone affected by that. Enjoy the weekend. We've got the Wings. We've got Florida on Monday. Brett and Boosie are going to be together the following weekend. Stay safe. Let's go bees, baby. I'm going to take a moment to just think about everybody in Lewiston, Maine now. Take a moment with me. Okay. I love you. And that was another phenomenal Bobby's Corner. Stick taps to Bobo, the tripod himself. Holy shit. The dude doesn't miss. And, um, he he hit a lot of good points there. I, I definitely want to talk about how the NHL has kind of backpedaled. Also, I just saw a tweet before. Lauku is out a week. Lucic is week to week, which means we do not get Lucic versus Reeves next week. But we'll we'll touch on that after this um this tape stuff because or the pride stuff because I do it's it's important for the league. The league has always vouched uh, hockey is for everyone. All this bullshit. Um, it's quickly just becoming the one of the laughing stocks of major of all the major sports. Uh, they backpedaled on this, and then who was it? Uh, on God, why am I blanking on this name right now? Who had he's on Arizona, right? Yes, he was. Uh, uh Travis Dermot. Was Dermot was it Travis uh, Dermot? Dermot McDermott? No, Dermot Dermot. Yes, that's right. I, I'm gonna I, verify now. Yeah, um, he he had a little bit of pride tape on his knob. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's uh for the Coyotes, Travis Dermott. Travis Dermott, that's right. For them, and because uh, there was a Travis McDermott, right? No, Travis. no, but at one point there was, right? Wasn't there a Travis McDermott or something like that? No, I could I, be wrong. There's a McDermott for the uh, for the Avalanche that was a uh, a grinder. Remember, uh, what was that dude's name? McDermott. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. But regardless, this dude stepped up. Um, he put his balls on a platter for fucking Batman and said, suck on these bad boys, you fucking piece of shit. Because the NHL quickly be- and he was ready to take the fine. And um, the NHL quickly backpedaled on it once one player stepped up. Because w- when you heard about that, you heard about all this pride tape being bought and it's you know these companies are I can't keep up and it, all the support and I mean even the Flyers guy Lofton I think it is Lofton however the hell you say his last name um he I, he hosted some players he and he's been doing and he even said that he's not going to hold back you've seen a lot of stars also speak up on this situation and I I even put a tweet out saying like it's about time the NHL makes a smart move. But let's not forget why they had to make this move because they they look like idiots. They, I mean, how can you say hockey's for everyone when you take away Pride Night and stuff like that? And it's it it's just ridiculous. And you can't vouch that hockey is for everyone when you have all these problems happening and you refuse to try to grow the game because there's. I mean, we interact. There's a lot of there's a there's a lot of people in my personal life and I'm sure in yours that it touches close to home with. I mean, I think it's embarrassing. Uh, 
that the NHL was even put the, they even put themselves in this position. I, I think it's just one of the many signs that it's time for Bettman to go in a change in the NHL front office. You're just not making the right decisions at all. You're, I mean, for Christ's sake, they friggin' they have the was it frozen frenzy whatever Tuesday night, which cool cool idea, but then one game. One game Monday, one game Wednesday. Like, like, I don't know. The scheduling's been terrible. There's a lot that you can nitpick with the NHL where they really just trip over themselves. But I'm I'm getting really sick and tired of the NHL doing stuff like this. And I mean, if I if I was a gay person and I I'm trying to come I'm trying to learn about hockey. I want I want to because I play hockey. I enjoy it and I want to pay attention. I want to be a fan of the NHL and I, I want to be accepted in all this. And then you hear something like that, that would break my fucking heart. And that would that make them not accepted. And I'm sure a lot of them don't. And that's just, it sucks, man, because it, just because of what, just because if you like the same sex or you transitioned or anything, you shouldn't be shunned for your decisions. You should, and be embraced for them because it takes a lot of courage to do that. And what did the NHL do that they were so rattled by fucking rainbow color tape that they felt the need to get rid of it and to make guys like shitbag pro what's his provovov little pro Holy shit. That's a tongue twister for me. Provov provov prover. Proverov. Proverov. Holy shit. I am terrible with names. But good. I don't want to ever say that cocksucker's name ever again. And obviously you got douchebag D'Angelo um, right back at home with the Carolina Hurricanes where he belongs because that's a fucking shit fan base. And uh, yeah, it just douchebags like that. The Stahl brothers who all of a sudden decided last year that they didn't want to wear the jerseys when there's They've worn it every other fucking year. It's just stuff like that. I mean, I, like, I don't know. I Is a team not going to – what if Connor Bedard ended up being gay? Is a team just not going to draft him first overall where he's clearly the top talent right there? Like, it's just how are they going to grow the game? What if, what if what if three of the best players in the world are going into next – three of the best prospects in the world going into next year's NHL draft are gay, and they see this, and they decide to – grow the game elsewhere go over where they're accepted i mean i think it's a sh- i think it's embarrassing uh i i just i don't think Bettman or anyone in the nhl front office i i shouldn't say anyone because i mean you got you heard of guys like um berkey speak up i mean he has a gay son or had a gay son i think white slicked back hair holy shit uh 98% of the nhl <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, if they have here, but uh, um, yeah, if you don't mind, I like I Brian Burke. Sorry, oh Brian, oh, yeah, 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 the uh, Pittsburgh GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, pre- or president or something because okay, what's his name? To, GM now. I think he got canned, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head. You know, with all that, it's just it's just so embarrassing. You know, like it's just. You can't think of a better way just to, to ruin it for everyone, right? You can't think of other ways, like other innovative ways to 
because there's always going to be right. There's always going to be this small handful of people that don't want to comply and don't want to, um, yeah, like they always want to make it more difficult, right, for for other people. But you know, I, I think it's just the most embarrassing part about the about it is that ninety nine percent of the NHL, right, were all for it. The, the tape, the jerseys, everything, right. And you yeah. had you can count on one hand, dude. How many people didn't want to do it, and then you end up fucking ruining it for everyone. The minute yeah. that you made that decision and made that announcement that hey, we're we're doing away with this, that we we can't do this anymore, you know, like this, it's getting to be too much, whatever. The minute you made that decision, you ruined it. And there's no way that as long as Gary Bettman is the commissioner of the NHL, there's no way that he can come back from this. Now, yeah, you guy what, that comes in, what did they expect to come out of it too? Right, it's like well. What do you, what do you think the outcome is going to be, right? If you just make this announcement that now we're not doing anything, well, now you're kind of ruining it for the people that were starting to get into it, right? And seeing that the that they were finally being represented, right? And yeah. it's all groups, right? It, it's the the LG, you know, that community, the the hockey fights cancer, the mil, all of it. That's what that's the main point, dude. Is that hockey is for everyone, all different people from all different walks of life, right? And yep. you fucking blew it. You fucking blew it. That that there's no other way to put it other than that. So you come out and you knew it was going to come back to. You knew there yep. was going to be a huge you how could he sit there and not think that there wouldn't be an outroar? I know. <laughs> fucking five people in the NHL, right? Three of which are fucking brothers. Yeah. I, I, I just think was going to happen. It's mind-boggling. Like, what goes through the head when when they make decisions like that? Do they even put themselves in other shoes? Obviously, they don't. But it's just like, what's the vetting process of this? Like, I don't and know, man. Nothing's good ever going to come out of that. And you want to grow the game. I mean, you got fucking no offense, Bobby. You got Winnipeg, who has this what second smallest arena in the league. They can't even get like eighty percent. I think the last numbers I saw was seventy-six percent filled. I mean, I get it. it's Winnipeg. Sorry, Bobby. Love you, but and Goose, I, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you think of any other one of these national leagues, right? In the four major sports, in my opinion, I think the NHL did it best, right? Not, not obviously, not recently. I was talking like from two years ago when they first started. Was it two years ago, or I can't remember exactly. But like, all these customized jerseys fucking flew off the shelves, dude. And like again, yeah. it's not, it's not about money. But again, people were like excited for these events, right? You'd have, you know, the military, all this stuff. Like you would have these special nights for people to be celebrated. Yep. And then you just wipe it away for everyone. Like like they don't matter, right? And so what kind of message does that send to all these different communities that like, so what, do we, is hockey actually for everyone? Or, or like, Exactly. So yeah, I it's such a joke, dude. And like you, you said it best. It's like, it's time for a change. Like it's, you, you're seeing so many different and I don't want to incorporate, you know, like compare the two, but they talked about the draft no longer being, and it's just, oh, it's just goes yeah. to show. It's like these second, third, fourth order effects of like decision after decision, after decision, after decision, like, and yeah. Again, yeah, yeah, these were voted on by the, by the, you know, management, whatever, but, it's just it's getting to be such a joke, dude. It, no, it 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 really is. Yeah, like, it's it's fucking embarrassing. I 
it's sometimes it's just embarrassing to be an NHL fan. Um, I, I don't know, man. Sometimes it's just hard to get the words out when thinking of this because it's it's just frustrating. Like, I mean, we interact with a lot of fans on on Twitter who who have either transitioned or who are gay. Like, it's I mean, they're I can only, I I can't I wish I could have one of them on for this segment right now and just kind of hear what they have to say because it it sucks, man. I. It sucks. It, that's all I can really say. It's bullshit. It sucks. I understand what you're saying where it's like it's hard to get the words out. And I think both both reactions are like very authentic and like obviously in real time. Yeah. But yeah it's like, you know, and like I never really was on social media prior to like moving back home. And when I moved back home, obviously, I started getting into hockey more, watching the Bruins. And I can honestly say some of the best people I've met probably the best people I've met have been within that community who some of the biggest fucking hockey fans I know. Yeah. Literally travel fucking everywhere to see this, to see their teams. Like just, just they know the sport and it's, it's tough to see. And you like sympathize with them. Right. It's like, yeah, exactly. it's It's, it's not only a shot at them, but it feels like a shot at you too, because of how much, you know, you care about these people and they, they should be involved and they should be incorporated and they should be welcomed. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's one of these days uh, they're going to be, it's going to be some of the best players in the world who just happen to, you know, be gay. And what's the league going to do that? I mean, what are they going to do when they only wear or only use pride tape or, or some, or openly talk about it all the time, which they should because Bettman deserves to have it shoved down his throat. If you don't want to hear about it, stall brothers fucking finally retire. Like anyone of that, of that matter. It's just, I don't know, man, it's going to come a day and age when that some of the best players in the world, or even just there's going to be a handful or even more openly gay players in the NHL. And how's the NHL going to respond to that? Are they going to kiss their ass and act like they just never did this, made this decision? It's that that's where I stand with this. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't really have the words to just talk about my frustration with this, Uh, but it it is incredibly frustration, frustrating and incredibly embarrassing for one of the best games like I mean, hockey is the best sport in in the world. I fucking love it. I would, but it's just like how how do you continue to support the NHL? I mean, I'm not saying just the NHL in general, not not certain teams or whatnot. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting like really frustrated talking about well, it, and I can't come up words. That's that's what this is all about, though. And you know, we're we're talking about this in real time, and like it, you know, it's very raw reaction, raw emotion. And yeah, it's what else where we love the game. Right. And to see shit like this happen to our game that we love and that we've played our entire life, that we've met some of the best friends and that we've had some of the best times with our parents and family and stuff. And to see the game kind of treat these, you know, treat them like this and not welcome them. It's tough to see. And it it sucks. It's like, and and I think you probably have the same kind of opinion. It's like, some of the best people we know, right, that I've met through social media 
through the Bruins community, through like are part of this community. And it's like, you know, it sucks for them to think that they're, how the fuck are they? How, how, how do you think these, they feel right? Like I can't even imagine. And I can't, I can't put myself in their shoes. I can only yes. sympathize and, and be angry with them. Right. And exactly. yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's such a joke, dude. It's like, and you know what? Fucking Bettman should have this over his head as long as he's still the fucking commissioner. And until we yeah. get a new commissioner who comes in and can, I say revolutionize, that's not the right word I'm looking for, but make significant changes and, and keep it that way, right? Yep. Until that happens, it should be fucking held over Batman's head. No, it, 100%. And I think it's one of the many reasons why he should be kicked out of the position that he's in. Uh, but that's a different story for a different day. But uh, yeah, I... Sorry, I, I kind of mumble fucked my word. I'm trying to just it's hard to express the emotions when like and get the actual words out. But I think I, I would hope 100 percent by at least 99.9 percent of our audience would agree with us. And I, I hope one day we come to a solution where where when they can say hockey is for everyone and they truly fucking mean it, because when they say that, that's just. I mean, that's like me saying I have a ginormous cock. Like, we both know, like, both ends are fucking lying here. Like, let's, let's, let's be honest with each other here. And, um, but, anyways, I do want to talk. So, I forget what I wanted to talk about right before. So, I know I brought up Lucic and Lauku. Oh, Revo. Uh, the Revo Lucic matchup. Uh, uh, we'll wrap this up shortly, but the Lucic and, We'll, we'll kind of end on this as well, unless there's something else you want to bring up that I'm missing on, but uh, we won't. Lucic and Revo have never fought each other. Revo won't shut the fuck up this year. He He's all horned up days in Toronto, and it's driving me fucking crazy because he, he thinks his shit doesn't fucking stink, and holy shit, does this guy need to be humbled, and I thought we were going to see it next week against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I thought I was going to get to see it in person, and no. I, I, I don't and that's that sucks, man. Like Matty Patra, the word is he's gonna step up and, and <laughs> Dude, I I wouldn't mind see I don't even want seeing I don't even want to see Trent Frederick going at it. Like No man and, and honestly I think what like with Revo dude, he's just he's an animal. Like I, again what what pissed me off and what kind of started like where I'm kind of where you're at, right? It's like, dude, like, come on, shut like, was his yeah. fight with Wi-Fi, dude. So Revo goes in, right? And I know, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is what kind of set it up for me is that he came in on a four-track and sees Caden Gould's number, numbers, right? Sees the 21 and decides to fucking pile drive him into the fucking net. Yeah. And immediately, <laughs> Wi-Fi fucking drops the mitts. And, and again, like, People, people were chirping me. I posted the TikTok saying that that Wi-Fi won the fight, right? And they go, well, all he did was push him over the net or whatever. And, he, you know, he landed four or five punches that connected. And, yeah. you know, I had people with the audacity to be, well, all he did was push him on, you know, push him on the net. And I'm like, do you realize how fucking strong you have to be to move Ryan Reed? To bull rush a guy like that, yeah. Push him. 
literally and knock him on his ass. Like, and I'm yeah. sick of it too, bro. Like, I'm he's been the talk of the league, right? As the, as the tough guy, right? For the past, I can't even remember how many years, right? Probably since like Lucic was in Boston, if I had to guess, right? Because I think those days it was like, yeah, Lucic was had a very similar like people feared him. And again, like that's the only reason why Ryan Reeves is on that Toronto team, right? That team has struggled yeah. to fucking find any any toughness. And they went out, dude, and they signed Ryan Reeves, Max Domi, Tyler Bertuzzi. Like they knew exactly what they were going out for. And yeah, I completely agree. I'm ready for someone to fucking go toe to toe with him. And, and I was so excited to see Lucic, dude, because what better person to do it than than Milan fucking Lucic? Yeah, no, exactly. And that just Oh man, they could have just made a fucking Netflix documentary about oh, that fight right. that would have had because you knew it was going to happen next they week. Might have, but... They might have gone fucking three times in that game. There's no telling. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> they might have gotten right out of the box and just won again. I, that's I. Well, the thing is that people can hate on Lucic's game all you want, but I still think Lucic brings more to the table than Ryan Reeves. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll take him on my team over Ryan Reeves. I, I can agree with that. And, and especially like, I, with Revo's what tied up for two more years after this. Yeah. He's at at one, one point something. Yeah. Like 1.3, I think dude, for three years. And it's like, he's very, he's going to be buried on the fourth line. Like, I mean, I guess, but you got to think like, it's kind of weird that they're, they're already in like cap trouble as it is. Yeah. <laughs> they still got to sign Willie Nylander. They still got to sign, you know, I don't know if Morgan Riley's under contract. Or how much longer he has, but yeah, it's like I, I don't really understand it, but I understand why they made the move. They feel they felt like they weren't tough enough to compete in that division, in that in the conference, and uh, yeah, I was really excited to see that dude, like because you yeah. knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, it, you knew it was going to happen. The writing was on the wall, but unfortunately, we won't get it uh, week to week. Not sure what that means. He did try to come back. Uh, he tried to practice. Limped off the ice early from practice. I think he took warm ups. One of the, I think it was that Sunday, game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and, and that was it. He kind of, you could tell he was kind of like, as soon as he was trying to get on the ice, like kind of slowly, and he took one lap and he was like, no, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Please, you know? Yep. Yeah. But, no, it's, it is what it is, but he's, uh, yeah, it, it's not going to happen. But regardless, it should be an exciting game. We'll be in the house, uh, excited to be there. I'll be. I'll also be there Monday too with some of the hockey fellas. So that's that's going to make for a long week for me, uh, drinking with them. So, the hydrating. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, just lots of. You're going to get some good games coming forward. I mean, you got Detroit Saturday Panthers, a little bit of a rematch, some hostility there. Hopefully Monday, uh, Toronto Tuesday. Who I mean, they've been struggling a little bit. But they they still are perfectly capable of scoring. They have 23 goals through six games, but they've also let up 20 goals. They have a goaltending issue, 100%. You knew that was going to happen. Just You didn't think it was going to be that bad that quick, I guess you could say. I mean, they got a defense, defense issue. Like, I mean, they got the only thing they don't have a problem with is, I mean, scoring. But Bertuzzi is struggling there. The uh, Toronto fans are already sick of Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one more thing. <laughs> Did have you seen Orlov's stats in Carolina? No, I haven't. I think uh, um, someone posted something, and 
I don't remember what the exact stats were, but I can imagine they're not too good. But you know, they they are really bad. I mean, oh, I forgot they had Brendan Lemieux too. Holy shit! Um, where is he? Yeah, in seven games, he's got two assists. Fine, whatever. Oh, um, minus eleven, eighteen penalty minutes. He's getting almost eighteen minutes of ice time. Uh. All his both of his assists have come off the power play, so uh, he doesn't have an even even strength point. Um, it's yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, he only has nine shots from the point. Um, four, four, I don't know. With for with That's, that's retained. <laughs> yeah, that that's dude. That's fucking bad. I mean, dude, you're starting to see the term for that contract. Yeah, you're starting to see the turmoil of that team, dude. Like, they brought D'Angelo back. Like, I saw him get fucking bundled by a ref. So I was fired up to see that. And, uh, yeah, you're just starting to see, like, they just don't look like their usual selves in Carolina. Like, they just no, they, don't they have don't. that city. Like, they just, they're just kind of out. Will, the thing is, I think they still have a goaltending issue. They have no problem scoring. They've They've scored 28 goals, but they've also let up 33 goals. Well, they have they the Chekhov and and Freddie Anderson, I believe. And um, didn't are you? No, Ranta. Uh, well, they've all played three games each. Uh, they're Ranta's four point four one goals against Anderson's four point one four, and Kachekov, however the fuck you want to say, is four point three three. He's supposed, I think. They anticipated him spending majority of the year in AH in the AHL. Uh, they had to call him up because Freddie Anderson can't stay healthy. Uh, they, I mean, he has their only two wins this season. He's somehow two and zero. Well, he got pulled from one start, I guess. But I think Petrikov uh, is injured too. Again, Jesus. So it's like, yeah, he really? can't stay healthy. So it's like, yeah. I don't, I don't at this point. Like, obviously, super early in the season, but I don't necessarily see them as a factor um that they were last year i mean the the east is incredibly loaded i mean you're starting to see the emergence of like teams like ottawa um detroit yeah even even buffalo man like i think those teams at this point are are ahead of carolina in my opinion um they're starting to hit on some of these draft picks um they're getting good goaltending play i would take either of those three teams over carolina at this point yeah no no, i I agree i i I think the the Metropolitan Division, I mean, somehow, well, Philly started off hot, but they're back to being, or no, what are they, three, three, two, and one? Uh, they started off decent. Rangers are doing fine, but I mean, none of the teams are really clicking right now. I think New Jersey is going to come around, though, and be a problem. Jack Hughes has, what, 14 points in seven games or yeah, something? No, six games. I watched him last night, dude. They were playing the Caps. Because, again, they went down three goals. And then they fired back and scored four straight. It was like the Toffoli Hughes show. And yeah, again, those dudes make fucking plays at will. Like some of the shit that Jack Hughes was doing, dude, like I don't think it'd be crazy at this. I think he's a lot closer to Austin Matthews as being the, the best American born player right now. He's getting closer. Like, oh, I, yeah. He's fucking insane, dude. Like, he's. I, I think by the end of the season, you're going to say he is. I agree, dude. I think he's going to compete, especially if you see, you know, they're in the Metro. If you start, if they finish first in their division, right, 
yeah. New Jersey and, and he puts up, say, 110, 120 points, that's that's going to be good enough to win, you know, win the heart in my opinion. Yeah. Because right I mean, now it's the fucking McDavid trophy. And we see what's happening in, in Edmonton right now. And he's injured. Yeah, they're falling apart. He's injured. Fuck my life because I just traded for him in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you gave up. You gave up the fucking house for that, dude. I mean, rightfully so. But well, you you kind of you had to figure that he was going to come around to it and or come around and start yeah. playing well. Uh what the fuck is that? And I don't. Yeah, it just. I guess it just never really. I mean, it's still early on in the season. He's out for a week or two, so we'll see how serious the injury is. But that yeah. Is- shambles though dude. like again they're so fucking top heavy and i was actually talking to sully about this it's why these like super heavy like top heavy contracts of like 12 mil plus yeah darnell darnell nurse dude is making over nine and a half million a year that's insane he's making fucking charlie mcavoy money that's insane to me yeah that that's robbery because i mean he's not and again, his press conferences go go pretty viral, and it's like you're seeing the frustration of you know guys like Leon Dreisaitl. He's fucking yep. off, like he's not finding the back of the net. Like even Jay Woodcroft, you know their coach, same thing. He's fucking frustrated. They're having goaltending issues, like they fucking do every year. Yeah, no, it's I don't know, man. It's frustrating to see teams like that just not work out because I mean, it's fucking Connor McDavid. You want to see him and make deep playoff runs and yeah, you want to see well, yeah, it's, it's gonna, at some point, like if it's, if it stays like that, it's going to be almost like the Mike Trout of the NHL. I mean, has, has all these nasty numbers, one of the best players in the world, but just can't, I mean, granted he's actually made the playoffs versus Mike Trout's only played in like four or five, playoff games but it's it's going to end up being like that if they don't figure it out quick because he's tied to that contract for a while they got dry saddle as well um i don't know that's that's a situation that they have to figure out because yeah you're you're wasting away prime years of Connor mcdavid honestly along the along that line too like i'm talking about like you know the, the hype being on mcdavid and like everyone's just you know they're not playing well but he's unreal like Man, I I really feel for this Connor Bedard kid. Like I I really am starting to like feel for the kid. That's yeah, cool. you know, and like, I, you can tell he's just sick of it too, bro. It's not even it's not even just him. It's other players fucking across the league. Like they talked to Marshan about it, and I don't know if you watched that like between period interview. And they're like, he just is looking at Emily Kaplan. Like, what the fuck do you want me to say? Like, yeah, you know, we understand you're blowing Bedard every fucking like chance you get and it's like yeah he they're fucking sick of it and then bedard like they ask him the same goddamn questions every fucking period and it's like again you're gonna fucking ruin the kid you have these gifted players that are like literally the next wave right the connor mcdavid's the bedard's like and you're just gonna fucking ruin it right it's like he he can't even take a shit without a without camera being on him or asking him how it went right it's like i feel i'm just starting to feel bad for the kid and it's like you know, they got people calling him bust and it, it comes with the territory, I guess. But I think. People yeah, I mean, I, I fuck around calling him like just. Yeah, the boss. I mean, yeah obviously. We all opening around. night, he, his parents were like in the 13th row of the balcony <laughs> calling him a cheap fuck. Yeah. Um, 
it's more so the media that like it's just tough to see because he you know he can't say no to like the interview question. yeah and, and he he's just they they put him on so many uh tnt games like he he's playing way too many obviously like but what's annoying and people will be like it's weird how how annoyed people are about the whole Bedar thing like there's other great players in the league i mean granted guys like fentilli and um there's other rookies. This might be one of the best rookie classes that we ever see in our lifetime. And I mean, yeah, that. no, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, and, and all we're hearing are going to be studs. Oh my, they're all, they're all gross, dude. And then uh, yeah. obviously Madden, Will Smith, who's lighting it up at, you know, Will Smith's lighting it up at BC, Ryan Leonard, like, yeah. The list yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, those guys haven't even played a game yet. It, it's like, all we're hearing about is, you know, Adam Adam Fantilli's had a great start too. Like Leo Carlson has had multiple points, right? And he's only played, you know, a game. Yep. So yeah, it's just yeah. tough to see, man. It's like, God damn, like I feel for this kid. No, yeah, I, I do too. But it's the NH, NHL needs to learn how to kind of market players a little bit better rather than focusing in on one player. I mean, you're giving a shit team all all these national nationally televised game i get it you want to show off the next best prospect and the number one overall pick but and obviously it's not very appeasing when i'd rather see them play over like the ducks and and um columbus but it, you got to showcase you got to share the wealth i would say right i mean yeah. i don't know it it is what it is. I, I it's getting shoved down our throats, and I understand why they're doing it. It's just a little bit annoying. I mean, we've already had to play them twice, and I mean, if that goal didn't get called back the other night, it's they'd still be talking about it. They would bring it up in tonight's Bruins versus Ducks game, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, right up on the jumbotron. And uh, yeah, it's it's just crazy, man. Because it was pretty disappointing to me. Like, obviously the the in game interviews, but also the the fact that like. The start that Matt Patra has had, they didn't fucking say anything about him. No. Nothing. Like, they don't give a f- – and it's like the kid is also 19 years old and taking yeah. the league storm, taking the, the city by storm. Like, didn't say a fucking word about him, which was crazy. But it is what it is. They obviously know what they're doing, right? Bet yeah. They, they know what they're doing, um, supposedly. But, it, I mean, it is what it is. It, it's whatever. We're, I, I don't even know when we play the Blackhawks again or even if we do again, but somehow it will be shoved down our throat still, even if we don't. But I think that just about wraps it up for whatever number episode this is. Uh, is there anything you want to add before we say our goodbyes? No. Um, honestly, thanks for having me on, man. It's, it's good to finally have a pod together, you know, get on an episode together. It's been a long time coming, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you guys are killing it. So, you know, keep it up. No, I appreciate you uh, helping me. Um, and I know it was kind of last minute. You got a busy night as you're about to go check out the BC game. Thanks to uh, you. Man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you took them because I wasn't looking. I, they were just going to sit in my phone because uh, I, I wasn't going to try to put the, sell them for a buck or two. Because, I mean, if you look at it, tickets are going for like with fees like 10 bucks right now. 15 maybe i mean i get it thursday night is kind of a tough game to sell especially with the bruins yeah but that'll be good um i'm excited for you to go check them out i'll be there friday night checking them out um hopefully they get a dub because i'm a big bc guy not a big deal and 
yeah so um yeah and also you, you drop your episode saturday so if if you're if you're a fan of our show you'll definitely be a fan of his if you haven't checked it out yeah drop the mitts um he's got a shit bag who wants to trade away the whole system for Carner garland but uh Outside of that, Davis does a great job. I mean, he he kind of makes up for uh, his co-host's mistakes, but <laughs> he also has great guests on to completely ignore the fact that he wants to trade away uh, 10 years of first-round picks for Connor Garland. But, yeah, no, keep, keep plugging away. You're doing a great job at that. And um, if you want to plug your socials before we, before we log off. Yeah, so you can follow uh... – on everything, you know, YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, everything, it's uh, at Drop Mitts Hockey. Um, we have pretty much every social media platform going right now. Um, so we, we just, you know, we just started up the YouTube. Um, so we're hopefully going to have every episode up fairly shortly. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I, I love that you do that, too. I, I need to get on that. I know I've been talking to you behind the scenes about it, but I've just... It's a pain in the ass, bro, and it's te- it's very tedious, and I can understand uh, people just stick to the you know the yeah the, see i don't i don't do well with that stuff <laughs> oh and well you and i both and we're both fuck i'm illiterate when it comes to this shit so yeah i i'm like i'm screaming at myself trying to watch youtube videos how to do this shit and like, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I hear you i'm right there with you but no you're doing a great job keep plugging away with that and um i mean the guests you have on are awesome to listen to can you tease who do you have saturday um, so we had planned, um, I don't, re, uh, former N, uh, NHL referee, uh, Tim Peel. Oh, uh, that's right. We didn't end up, you know, our schedules kind of conflicted. So it looks like it's just going to be, uh, me and Sully, um, okay. for an extended episode. So we won't have, um, you know, we won't have any episode or any interview this week, but coming up, man, we're, we're hoping to, we've locked down some pretty good, uh, upcoming prospects in this draft. Hell yeah, um, dude. Some of the top prospects you'll you'll see them on our show, and um, if you if you haven't seen it already, we've had you know like Zach Benson on the on the pod. He was literally our first player ever to join. Top prospect of the Buffalo Sabers, if you're not familiar with. Yeah, awesome kid. Like you know, I got to meet him too at the prospect uh, prospect challenge. So that yeah. was awesome. And you know, we we just like to get you know a wide variety of players, right? You know, from prospects to you know, hopefully we can get some season vets on pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, I think that what th- that's what makes your podcast as awesome as it is, just because of the wide variety of guests that you have on. I mean, you've even had Billy Jaffe on all the way to you know these young prospects. Um, you had like a frigging kid who's projected to go what first overall this year or next year, whatever. Yeah, we had uh, Gavin McKenna. Um, he. Connor Bedard's cousin, which I hate just being like, well, that's what he's known. Yes. He's, you know, he's fucking unbelievable. Like he's the clear cut number one pick in 2026. Um, you watch this kid, you watch this kid and you would think he's like an 18 year old, like ready to fucking play. Yeah. It's insane. And he, you know, he was, he was an awesome guest mentioned, you know, Zach Benson. Um, we had Logan Stankoven, who is probably the top prospect for the Dallas stars. And it's just awesome to talk to these guys and just kind of learn their stories and, you know, where they came from, how they you yep. know, fell in love with the game, their, you know, their parents' involvement. It's just awesome to hear. And then um, you mentioned Billy Jaffe, just how he got his career started. And now, obviously, he's, you know, one of the biggest voices, you know, in Bruins media. So, 
Yeah, I mean, when you think of Bruins hockey media, you think of Jaffe is probably, I mean, obviously you think of Jack Edwards and guys like that, but Jaffe is my go-to guy. He does a great job. But, yeah, no, that's what I love about your podcast, a wide variety of guests. Uh, Definitely interested when Tim Peel does come on um, because, I mean, I'm sure he's got an array of stories, and he's, I mean, he was was that ref that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I I won't. Um, you can dive into that if if you want on the pod, but um, yeah, yeah he, he's been open about that though. Yeah, you know he, it, it happens, right? It, you he just got caught saying it. Yeah, I mean, you would be naive to think that he is the only one that has been involved in something like that. He just got caught, right? He just was mic'd up, and that was it. Like he, and honestly, I've I've been talking with him. Um, you know, I pretty pretty regularly and he's just a regular guy that loves hockey like you know he loves the game and um yeah so we're really excited for that and um honestly going back to you know thanks for having me on and obviously i love listening to you guys every week and bobby's corner is fucking hilarious and (laughs) um just love what you guys are doing so can't thank you enough for having me appreciate it buddy uh appreciate you hopping on last minute um saved my ass from having to go solo dolo again which I hopefully never. Hey, do. Yeah, I know. It's it's been. A, I mean, especially when it was kind of last minute. I'm like, fuck. I don't even have a chance to get a little buzz on. I literally just got home. We we're gonna dive into it. I'm like, I think I had plans that night. So I'm like, yeah, I did have plans that night. So I'm like, I gotta bang this out. So uh, yeah, that was tough. But hopefully, I don't have to do it again. Or if I do have to do it again, hopefully, I'm a little bit more prepared and under the influence. But buddy, I appreciate you hopping on. We've gone on long enough. I know you didn't get on the road too. But um, ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap it up for whatever number episode this is. I think it's 55. The good old Johnny uh, Johnny Rocket, Johnny Boychuk, Stanley Cup legend. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Stay cool. Till next time. Peace.